Well, good evening, everyone. Just eight days to go now until Christmas Day. I'm sure some of you are completely prepared, completely ready. Some of you are not. You've still got some things to do, some presents to buy. But fear not, I have some suggestions for you. How about buying your loved one a broken drum? You can't beat that. It's not too late to buy an advent calendar, but your days are numbered. <laughs> Books go down very well at this time of year. If you are someone who likes the odd aperitif, then I would recommend Tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> and for the literary amongst you, a book by Charlotte Bronte could be a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you didn't get that in the first service either, no. <laughs> I was expecting more from the evening congregation, but... There we go, there we go. Um, one author I inevitably turn to at Christmas time is an author we've already heard from already, actually, Gervais Finn, a former inspector of English in the Yorkshire Dales. And uh, here is another one of his stories about a Christmas nativity play. Joseph and Mary arrive at the inn, and Joseph starts banging on the door. Come on, urged Joseph. Hurry up, open up. Open up, he shouted loudly. The innkeeper, with a face like a death mask, threw open the door. What? He asked. He barked. Have you any room? No. You have? I haven't. You have? I sort it light on. I haven't. Look, we've travelled all tonight, up and down those sand dunes, through dusty towns, over hills, in and out of rivers. We're fit to drop. Can't help that. There's no room, replied the innkeeper. And I've got a wife out here on a donkey. Joseph gestured in the direction of a very glum-looking Mary, who was staring at the audience, completely motionless. The innkeeper remained unmoved. And you can't leave that donkey there. You'll have to move it. Well, give us a room. There's no room in the inn. How many more times do I have to tell you? She's having a babby, that knows. Well, I can't help that. It's not to do with me. I know, replied Joseph, sighing as he turned to the audience. It's not to do with me neither. And that is our subject for this evening. How Mary got pregnant when it was not to do with Joseph. Now, the idea that Mary could get pregnant without any human intervention is hard to believe, isn't it? Mary, I think, must have struggled a little bit. Her initial response to the angel's words weren't, wow, that's amazing, that's brilliant, but rather... How will this be, since I'm a virgin? Joseph must have struggled to believe it. Joseph would have called it all off, if you remember, had it not been for an angel of the Lord appearing to him to set the story straight. And I dare say that some of us struggle to believe it as well. Surely it's a myth. Surely it's unbelievable. But surely it depends on what your starting premise is. If your starting premise 
is that there is no such thing as a God who created the universe and that everything can be explained rationally by science, then sure, it's unbelievable. Stephen Hawking would be in this camp. Because there is a law like gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing. Why the universe exists, why we exist. It's not necessary to invoke God to light the blue touch paper and set the universe going. Well, brilliant though he was, can you see the flaw in his argument? It is the assumption that there is a law which enables spontaneous creation. But from where did that law spontaneously emerge? Atheists, those who don't believe in God, have to believe that this law or something similar had no beginning. Those who do believe in God, theists, also believe in someone, something or someone uh, who had no beginning. But either way, the ultimate source can't be explained rationally. So you have to choose your miracle. Did God set it all in motion or did it all just happen? Well, for me, given those two options, it doesn't seem at all unreasonable to plump for God as the source. Now, if God can make the whole universe out of nothing, to suggest that he couldn't make a baby without a human father would be illogical. It would be like saying to Brendan on the keyboard over here, um, I bet you can't play happy birthday, Brendan. In the words of Rebecca McLaughlin from her book, Is Christmas Unbelievable? If there is a God who made the universe, it's quite rational to believe the Christmas miracles. In fact, it would be irrational to discount them. The record of the Christian writers, Matthew and Luke, assert that it was not to do with Joseph and all to do with the Holy Spirit. But why? So what? Why does it matter? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but the human race has a problem. Wars, corruption, sickness, looming global disaster. And the root problem of that cause is what is inside us. Robert Louis Stevenson, the uh, creator of Jekyll and Hyde, wrote, I have called my character Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I could just as well have called him Robert Louis Stevenson. And there's no natural cure for our, condi for our condition. We've been trying to solve it for thousands of years without success. The prophet Jeremiah put it like this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. We are broken at our core. And this is where the virgin birth comes in. God does something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. He sends someone to deliver us from our condition and we can't take any credit for any of it. We can't take the credit for the, the concept, the idea, the idea of God coming to earth in human form as a saviour 
to die for our sins is ridiculous. We couldn't make it up. We can't take the credit for its execution, a life lived sinlessly, selflessly, sacrificially. We could never have lived such a life. And we can't take the credit for its initiation. It was God who made Mary pregnant, not Joseph. From start to finish, it was God's idea, and he implemented it. And this gets to the heart of the Christmas stories that we repeat year on year. Someone has put it like this. There's no moral of the story to the nativity. The shepherds, the parents of Jesus, the wise men, are not being held up primarily as examples for us. These gospel narratives are telling you not what you should do, but what God has done. And if this is what God has done, what does it all mean? Some of you, I'm sure, I know, are dog owners. And C.S. Lewis used a dog as an illustration once. He said, there are some people who are a bit like a dog who can't understand pointing. You point to a bit of food on the floor, and the dog is not looking at the food, it's looking at your finger and sniffing your finger and, lif- and licking your finger. A finger to the dog is a finger. That's all it is. The dog's world is all fact and no meaning. Well, even if we accept the idea that the virgin birth was a factual milestone in Jesus' life story, we can still miss what it points to. And what it points to, I suggest, is in the final verse of a favourite Christmas carol that we have just sung. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Although the virgin birth was a miraculous historical event in the narrative of Jesus, it points us to a spiritual reality to a spiritual birth. One of the Pharisees in Jesus' day, Nicodemus, struggled to look beyond the finger to what the finger was pointing at. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Well, how can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now, Nicodemus wasn't stupid, but he was a man who was accustomed to taking things at face value. And so it didn't add up for him. What Jesus was describing was unbelievable. But Jesus was pointing to a spiritual reality And so he continued, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So a man and a woman come together and given the right conditions, flesh gives birth to flesh. We understand that. But there is another birth, a spiritual birth, and the virgin birth as well as being a historical event, points to this. So an angel comes to Mary, an ordinary young woman, and the Holy Spirit 
comes to ordinary men and women like you and me. The angel brings Mary a message of grace. Greetings, you who are highly favoured. And the Holy Spirit brings us a message of grace, just as he did the shepherds. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Mary is troubled by the angel's words, and the angel reassures Mary with a promise. That new life will be formed in her. And Jesus comes to us with a promise. I am the way and the truth and the life. And Mary can't believe it. How will this be since I'm a virgin? It's now to do with Joseph. And we can't believe it. We must do something, surely. There must be something that we need to do. No, Mary, just believe. Just trust. This is what she does. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And God's word comes to us just like it came to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So I wonder how we respond to that. Maybe like Philip Brooks, the author of the Christmas Carol, we can reply, we hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. I hope so. I hope we recognize in Jesus, God with us, and can invite him in to our hearts today. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the umpteenth time. If not, I hope you will at least give it some more consideration. One way you might do this is take away a book that we've been uh, giving away this year. It's called Is Christmas Unbelievable? If you want to cover the cost, there are a pound, put something in the box or the, uh, use the digital collection plate. There are a few of these left. They went like hotcakes in the last service. So you'll have to rush to the back if you want one, but we've got a few of these left. Um, it's a great little book which just asks some of the questions that maybe that you have about the um, narratives around Jesus' birth and uh, whether we can trust what those narratives tell us. But whether it is now or later, I hope that you come to see that at the heart of Christmas is this unbelievable, in the sense of great, this amazing, unbelievable message of God coming to us, to ordinary people, bringing a message of grace and a promise to those who believe. Amen.